Amen, amen, amen. Round of applause to the praise and worship team. Such a fantastic job. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We're going to turn this evening to the prophet Joel. Prophet Joel chapter 2. We're going to be reading a couple of verses there. The prophet Joel chapter 2. You know, this type or this time um, of the year sometimes has been described as a depressing time. I've heard people describe it as a very, or some people have even said the most depressing time of the year is this kind of period where we are now because, you know, Christmas is done, uh, New Year's is done, um, people start to go back to reality. People start to go back to work. People start to go back to school. So all the celebrations have been had. All the food's been eaten. Uh, all, the, all the parties have been attended. Uh, everything's done. The presents have been opened. Uh, now we're back to the grind. It's been described as a very depressing time. Um, and for, for, for that not to be our testimony, we need to remember that we need something different. Um, or something that can make the difference, or someone that can make the difference. Because it's possible for even us, it's possible for people uh, that name the name of Christ to fall into that trap and say, oh, it's just, here we go again, back to the grind again, here it is again, just doing the same thing over and over again. In 2023, it's going to be just like 2022, over and over. It's possible for us to fall into that. Uh, But in my devotional, I came across a, a, a familiar portion of scripture that Peter himself used when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, when they looked upon people speaking in other tongues and the people outside looked at them and said, these guys are crazy. And he said, no, we're not crazy. There's something going on here. And I want us to renew ourselves. I want us to refresh ourselves in this time when we can be low to pick ourselves up again on a promise of God that he has promised in his word via the prophet Joel. I want to preach a sermon of entitled The Outpouring. The Outpouring out of Job. Sorry, Joel, sorry, chapter 2, verse number 28. And the Bible says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and on my, so on my men servants and my maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant who the Lord calls. I just want to quickly pray before we begin. Father, I'm praying 
In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, that as we speak and we look at your word, God, I'm praying that we will have a visitation from you, God. I'm praying indeed that you will pour out your spirit right here, right now on your people. God, I'm praying, Lord, that we'll be able, God, to reach out. God, draw near to you, God. I'm praying, Lord, as we leave this place, we can leave infused. We can leave this place with a fire to do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. And we all said, uh, amen, amen. First point I want to speak about, of course, uh, is uh, the Spirit. The promise is, I will pour out my Spirit, the Word of God says. Uh, and the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, this is the one that needs no introduction. You see, many say that the Holy Spirit uh, was a new character that was brought in in the New Testament. Uh, after Jesus ascended, that's when the Holy Spirit came and started to be active. Uh, but really, we know that the Holy Spirit has been active uh, from the foundations of the world. Listen, from the beginning in Genesis, before the world was formed, the Bible says that the Spirit was hovering over. It was hovering over the deep. We understand that nothing that is done is done without the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the Spirit has been responsible for all the mighty works we read of in the Word of God. Listen, if something mighty has happened, the Holy Spirit was there just with His signature on it. All the way back from Genesis to Revelations, we see the work of the Holy Spirit responsible for the mighty works that we see. All the the superheroes of our faith uh, were filled, uh, were were controlled by the Spirit of God. We see Joseph. We see all that that befell Joseph, uh, but we also see the success of his life, uh, and that was due to the Spirit of God that was in him, to the point where Pharaoh had a dream, uh, and he was the one that was able to interpret the dream and say, this is what you need to do, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh himself said, can we find such a one as this, a man who is this, sorry, a man who who has the spirit of God. In Genesis chapter 41, Pharaoh himself identifies Joseph as a man who has the spirit of God. We see all the judges of Israel before they had kings and they were judged by judges. And we see over and over again that the spirit of the Lord is what gave them the ability to judge the children of Israel. For example, we see Samson, any massive feat that he did was done because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. We see Daniel, again, another character of the Bible, another uh, Holy Ghost-filled character of the Bible. King Nebuchadnezzar said, you are able for the Spirit of the Holy God is in you. It is identifiable. The Spirit has been at work, um, is at work, and will continue to be at work. Can you say amen in this place? In the New Testament, we see this continue on, and we see it in an abundant work. We see John was the forerunner of Christ, um, and he was a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus enter into into the world by the Holy Spirit. Supernatural ministry was because the Holy Spirit came and rested upon him like a dove, the Bible says. And when he died, it was the Holy Spirit that resurrected him from the dead. The Spirit is continuing to move. My favorite book in the Bible, the book of Acts. Listen, some Bibles call it the Acts of the Apostles, when really it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because you read that book, page after page, you see the Holy Spirit 
Spirit powerfully at work. And I say all of that to say this, that our text through the prophet Joel, God is saying that I'm going to put that Holy Spirit or pour out that Holy Spirit on each and every one of us. Can you say amen in this place? That same spirit is going to be poured out and you have to comprehend this is the very spirit of God himself. God is saying that his spirit, his almighty spirit is going to be poured out on mortal men. What does that mean? Well, that means that we have to prepare for that. We have to prepare to receive the spirit of God. This is a promise. This is, I will pour out my spirit. But before that, in the same chapter, we didn't read. It says, uh, so first of all, our, our chapter says, in verse number 28, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit. But afterward, after what? We didn't read it. But in verse number 12 in Joel, in Joel chapter 2, the Bible says, now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning there has to be a preparation and that preparation is repentance that preparation is turning our heart toward God that preparation is taking our heart away from the things that we have been distracted taking our heart from the cares of the world the the, the riches of the world taking our heart from there and turning it back to God turning it back to him that's the prerequisite for his spirit to be poured out he's just not going to just pour out his spirit anywhere any old place no it has to be poured out on a repentant heart on someone who says God listen I come before you I am a sinner I am undone listen I need you to make me fresh make me brand new there needs to be a preparation before the Holy Spirit can come in can you say amen in this place and when I think about that I get the illustration of uh, you know you'll be sitting at home and you get a phone call and you say uh, listen I'm coming around to your house in 20 minutes and you're saying yeah okay you put the phone down and you go and do a quick sprinkling you bust out the hoover you take all the place away you prepare because somebody is coming to your house you make some preparations because somebody is coming to visit you how much more the spirit of the living God who wants to come and dwell inside of you listen there has to be some preparation you need to take out that dirty lawn that you have inside of your heart. You need to take out that foul mouth that you have, that you spoke to people with. Listen, because the spirit of the living God wants to come and dwell inside of you. There has to be a preparation. There has to be a cleansing period. There has to be a putting away of sin because the Holy Spirit is exactly that, holy. I remember my friend telling me, um, he was messing around in his house. Uh, you know, his parents had gone to work. Uh, and he was messing around in his house. I think even he even brought a girl over to his house and so on. And listen, African parents, uh, those of you with African parents knows that you do not do that. That is one of those things that you do not do. But he was doing his messing around. Uh, um, his parents at work, they're not due back until the evening. Uh, but as he was messing around, there's, there's plates all over the place. There's this, the house was just a mess and he had people around. Uh, he heard keys in the door. Now, his brother was there, so it couldn't have been his brother. It's only going to be one of his parents. So he realizes he made a split-choice decision. He realizes, I can't clean this place up before they open that door. So he just decided to just run out of the place. <laughs> he just ran out the back door and then had to explain it later. He just ran out, just left, and tried to come with some story afterwards. Because he understood, listen, I'm not prepared for this. 
I'm not prepared for my parents to come back and see me like this. The house is a mess and I'm not prepared for them to come and dwell in amongst all of this mess. And, and you know, people do that. You know, people, the reason why people run away from the presence of God is because they're not ready for this. They say, no, nah, I, can't, I can't do this. Some people have been uncomfortable in the house of God because they say, I'm not ready for you to come here. I'm a mess. I need, to go, I need to sort myself out. Some people are uncomfortable. They're not willing to let go of their mess. I was speaking to somebody uh, and he says, listen, I'll come to church one day, but I'm not ready right now. What they're saying is they're not ready to let go of the things they've been attached to. They're not ready to let go of all the mess. And like I said, the Holy Spirit wants to come. He is sanctified. He is set apart. He is consecrated. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? We need to be ready. You know, there's a song we sing. Holy Spirit, we're welcome. You're welcome here. Who knows that song in this place? Lovely words. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. Problem is, like I said, people needs, or some houses needs to be cleansed. Could it be that we're somewhere singing that song? Somewhere praying, Holy Spirit, come dwell inside of me. Holy Spirit, do a work inside of me. Could it be that we're praying that prayer and the Holy Spirit is like, uh, no? Could it be, think about what I'm saying here. Could it be we're saying, come, dwell in, come, live inside of me. Come, come into my household. And he's looking at your household and saying, I can't dwell in that place. I can't function in there. I can't dwell in such madness. I can't live in such a horrid uh, atmosphere. I can't live where there's such anger in there. I can't live where there's unforgiveness there. I can't function in there. You're not willing to let go. You're not willing to purge. You're not willing to turn your heart away from the, the things of the world. We can sing that song all day long, but how many know them? Listen, there needs to be a place that's prepared. Your hearts need to be prepared to receive the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, I was uh, I caught a guy named um, Isaiah Saldivar. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a preacher. He has an online ministry. Um, he got powerfully, radically saved. Isaiah Saldivar, he's a, he used to be an atheist. Um, he did not believe that God existed. And then he had a massive, huge encounter. Um, someone was inviting him for church for months. And he finally gave in. He went to church, got powerfully saved, radically saved, radically transformed. But God was beginning to use his life. In a short period of, of time, he got saved in, a, in January uh, 2011. Uh, uh, by March 2011, his whole family got saved. His friends got saved. He was preaching in his house. House. He said, Mom, Dad, I need you to remove the furniture from the house because there's going to be a revival here. Uh, and, and as they started to do that, they emptied out the whole ground floor. He had a, two living rooms and a kitchen. And people came to his house. First, it was like 30 people, then 40 people, then 100 people, then 200 people, then 500 people. People were standing outside the house uh, trying to listen uh, as he was preaching. Uh, the Holy Spirit literally visited his house. Uh, there was a huge revival. He's still in ministry today um, but one of the things that caught me he said uh, before that happened he said the spirit spoke to him he said listen I'm going to visit your house we're going to I'm going to come and visit your house but there's some things in your house you need to get rid of first Holy Spirit literally told him said there's some things in your house you need to get rid of first before I can come and function 
And this was his testimony. Listen, you can think about what, whatever it is you, you, you may, but his testimony, he says, what he said to me, he says that he literally identified things in his house. One of the things he identified was like a Harry Potter DVD. Now you think, oh, that's Harry Potter. That's nothing. Harry Potter's nothing. But he said, listen, I identified. He says, listen, remove that from the house. Can't function if that's there. He said, there was another thing. I think it was, um, uh, yeah, that was it. He had an alcohol cabinet. He says, listen, I can't function when this stuff is there. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, that's legalistic. But that was just his testimony. That's what he's talking about. But I can kind of draw that to our lives now. and thinking, well, what do we have in our house that we're trying to invite the Holy Spirit in? What's in our house? What's in our DVD cabinet? What's in our magazine cabinet? What's in our house where we're trying to invite a holy God in to come in and dwell? What do we have in our heart and make it spiritual, internalizing that? What's in our heart that we're trying to invite a holy God into? What do we have in there that needs to be purged out before God can come in? Look at Ephesians 4 and verse number 30. The Bible says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. In other words, if those things are not put away from you, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. He comes, he is grieved. And he's saying, you know, I need to step back. I need to be withdrawn. There's some people that say, listen, there's nothing that will make the Holy Spirit leave. He will never leave. Once he's been given, he will never leave. Well, there we have right here, we can see that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. There's a potential for a huge, and we've seen it before, there's a potential for a work of God that started off on fire to be quenched and extinguished. I think on Beverly Road, there's a lovely building there that belongs to the Salvation Army. Look at the building, it's a lovely building. The, the Salvation Army, they, I think nowadays, they, on Christmas times, you see people you know, play Christmas carols and with brass bands and uh, they do food banks and so on. But when they started, can I tell you, they started with fire. Can I tell you, people were getting saved. People were weeping. People getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And people were prophesying. People were speaking in other tongues. And they were going from city to city. And the thing was on fire. But now, it's a completely different spirit. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Do not quench the spirit. Here we see again. The fact that he's commanding us not to quench the spirit simply says that the spirit is quenchable. In other words, we have the ability to quench even the fire of the Holy Spirit in our life. Listen, it is possible to do such a thing. You know, I I remember a time in Derby, uh, Mike Pastor is is a great man. He just does things. When he wants to do things, he just does things. That's where I kind of get it from. But I remember a time he says, listen, we should do a barbecue. We're going to do a barbecue in the park. He took out the big barbecue. He put the volleyball there. Uh, He just started barbecuing or started the grill. The grill was flaming up. The coals were flaming up. There was fire ready. You know, when you get the barbecue, the flame going in, it's ready to get the meat on. Once the the coals get hot, he was preparing. He hadn't put the meat on yet, but he was preparing. The problem was it was like one of those um, uh, public parks. It wasn't this garden, wasn't it? It was a public park uh, that people saw. So as they began to do that, um, uh, 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 a council vehicle, one of those council vehicles or, or park ranger vehicle, drove the car onto the park, uh, didn't say a word, got out of the park, got out of his car, took a fire extinguisher, still not saying a word, walked up to the barbecue, 
sprayed the fire uh, out, extinguished it, and went back into the car and left. Didn't say one word. How many know barbecue is now done? Come on now. There's no grilling of chicken on that barbecue anymore. Can you say amen in this place? There's no happening. There's no barbecue happening because they quenched the fire because apparently it's a fire hazard. You're not meant to do that in public places and so on and so forth. But the point I'm making is here before we was able to extinguish, the barbecue was ready to do some damage. The barbecue was ready to cook up some meat. The barbecue was ready to do what it was intended to do. But after it got quenched, nothing could be done after that. How many know there's a, there's a time where we could be looking to do uh, the will of God, we're praying for the Spirit to move, but listen, if we do things that quench the Spirit, how many know nothing is going to happen? If we're able to quench the Spirit by the things we do, the things we say, the, the way we react as Christians, listen, nothing's going to happen. Could it be that some people are praying, some people right now, under the sound of my voice, you're praying for things, you want the Holy Spirit to move, you're asking, but He can't. Could it be you're praying, you're asking God, I need you to move in this area, I need you to break through in this area, but you've quenched Him with your actions. The significance of the Holy Spirit is that things change when the Spirit is involved. Things don't stay the same when the Holy Spirit gets to moving. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not just a fuzzy, nice, warm feeling. No, no, no. When the Holy Spirit is involved, when the Holy Spirit is present, things do not stay the same. Things change. The spirits move. Listen, I've heard it said before, you know, I really felt the Holy Spirit there. I really felt the Spirit in that place. Listen, I understand that saying. I may have said it myself a couple of times. But listen, it's good to understand feeling the Holy Spirit. But what did the Holy Spirit do? Come on now. You can say, ah, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's great. What happened? What did he do? Anytime I see the Spirit mentioned in a word of God, I see a complete change in a situation, a complete change in somebody's life. Somebody is healed. Somebody is saved or transformed. Somebody is built up into ministry. Don't tell me you feel the Holy Spirit, but you leave the same. Come on now. The Holy Spirit changes absolutely everything. And I want the Holy Spirit to move in every area of my life because things change. I need the Holy Spirit in my marriage, in my, in my ministry, in this household. Listen, I need the Holy Spirit in my workplace. I need the Holy Spirit to change situations in my life. And the thing is, the promise we have just read, God wants to pour out His Spirit. And that's why He inspired His prophets to say it. Because it is a promise. Can you say amen in this place? Amen. And what I want you to understand is that when we do things here in this church, I want you to understand this now. Don't don't lose me when I say this. But when we do things in this church, we do events in this church, uh, I want to see a move of God. When we do anything in this church, uh, I want to see people come to this place and say, what must I do to be saved? That's what I'm looking for. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. Can, Can I be honest with you in a second? I want to be honest with you. When we do do events and we, we don't see visitors or we do see visitors and people don't get saved. Listen, I have to ask myself some questions. 
Let's be real. Come on. When we do things, why are we doing this? Why do we put on concerts? Why do we go out, that, go out and evangelize in the cold or in the rain sometimes? Hand out flyers to speak to people. Put on things. Spend money to put food on. Put stuff on. Do concerts. Why do we do this? Because we want to see the Holy Spirit move. But listen, when we don't, if I don't see somebody touched and changed by the Spirit, I've got to ask myself some questions because I know when the Holy Spirit is present, things change. Can you say? Amen. Amen. So if things do not change, I need to ask myself some questions. You know, it reminds me of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, they go to a place called Ai and uh, they spy out the place and, you know, the commanders come back to Joshua and say, listen, Joshua, <laughs> it's a small group of people. Don't send a whole army. Just give us a couple. Just give us a little group, a little contingent of people. Let the rest of them just hang back, stay home with their wives and relax. We can take these guys. Let's go. And Joshua's like, okay, cool, let's do it. They send a small contingent of their army to go and fight this army in AI. And AI hand it to him. They literally beat them, kill about 36 of them. And they, they run away fleeing him. They come back to Joshua. Joshua is tearing his clothes in despair, going to the Lord saying, God, what has happened? Have you brought us here to be ashamed? Have you brought us here to see the people uh, 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 take our lives? What is going on? So first uh, we see the defeat. Then we see see the lament of Joshua he's saying God what are you doing but then God said to him get up don't cry to me get up there's sin in your camp people are messing around in your camp I told you the first place you go which is Jericho listen that belongs to me don't take nothing but we know someone there called Achan came and took them for himself he took the, of the nice clothes and the, and, the, and, the, and the jewelry and such and hid it in his camp and tried to go on like nothing was happening and now you want the spirit to continue moving when you know I can't so I have to ask myself some questions and I pray you ask yourself some questions also when we do things and we, we want to see things move, we want to see breakthrough in our life, breakthrough in our family, breakthrough in this congregation, and we're just not seeing it. What is going on? God, make it known to me. You know, there's a, a preacher, Jim Simbala. I've used his name before, Jim Simbala. He's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. Fan, fantastic um, ministry that he's got going on. Started from a very, very small number. They've got huge uh, uh, ministry. Many lives changed and transformed. Uh, he's wrote many books. He's an author. Great man of God. Uh, in his early days, he said when he's early on in preaching, uh, you know, really, really fresh, new in ministry, he's preaching as a small handful of people, maybe like uh, 10 to 15 people. Uh, he said he got up to preach uh, and he said he just could not preach. He said he could not get it out. He couldn't read. He couldn't read his notes. He couldn't preach it. And he had to just say to the congregation, listen, there's something. There's something here. I just can't preach. I can't function right now. We're just going to have to sing a song of worship. And he just let down the microphone, dejected it, and felt like we'd have to just pray. As they begin to pray and begin to worship God, one of the ushers, the ushers, the one who collects the money, 
came down to the front crying, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to do this again. And what had happened was uh, he was regularly stealing from the offering plate. uh, And God was putting on his heart saying, I can't function in this atmosphere. Something needs to change here. And as he came, he repented, he got saved. Uh, Pastor Jim Simbala said, okay, God bless you, we'll save you. Uh, He didn't put him back on ushering, amen. He put him on another job. uh, But as he he began to uh, change, his life was changed, then the ministry began to flourish because they have purged out the things. They've cleansed out the house. Now the Holy Spirit can move and God wants to pour that same spirit on you and we need the spirit for our families, for our young ones. We need the Holy Spirit to move in this country. Can you say amen in this place? Nations around the world, we need the spirit of God to move and that is God's promise if we repent, if we turn our hearts to the Lord, that He will move in a supernatural way and He will pour out His Spirit. And what I love about this scripture is that He will pour out His Spirit, not just on a select chosen few. The Bible says He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. All flesh. Now you see, within any culture, there are categories and the most significant categories and in culture, gender, age, and class. And you see, our scripture deals with all three of those. The Bible says he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh, not leaving out gender, not leaving out age, not leaving out class. If you look at verse number 28, it says, I'll pour out your spirit on all flesh. And the Bible says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Now, this isn't just a man thing. It isn't just a woman thing. This is both genders. Notice how I had to say both genders. There are only two. Listen, I have to throw that out. In 2023, you have to clarify that nowadays. Listen, there's only two genders. Because depending on who you speak to, they might tell you there's like two or three or four. Or five. No, there's two genders. Male and female. Anyway, let's stick back. The Bible says, your sons and your daughters, both genders will receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's nothing better when I see a, a man and his wife or a brother and a sister or just a good mix of men and women who are serving God, who are on fire for God, who are saying God is my saviour, who has the fire of the Holy Spirit to serve passionately. It's not just a man thing that we do. It's not just a woman thing that we do. No, this is something that we both can do and serve God. We each have a portion to play in his building. Can you say amen in his place? Gender is the first one. Age is the second one. Look here. It says, your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. You know, I remember I was in, uh, we was outreaching in town one time uh, um, and Isaac, Isaac was there in town. He was, he was uh, speaking to somebody. Um, and as he was speaking to this, it was an older gentleman. And, and Isaac introduced me as the pastor. <laughs> and the, the guy said, where's the pastor? Isaac introduced me as the pastor. And he said, what, what him? <laughs> and I spoke to him. I said, yeah, how you doing? My name's Pete. He's like, what? He said to me, he said, aren't you a little young to be the pastor? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean I'm a little young to be the pastor? And, I, and I, it comes flowing back because where I'm from, I'm from Ghana and many other West African countries, or most African countries, have the same kind of mentality, have this small boy mentality. That who, who's this small boy can tell me anything like that? Who, who are you? You've not even lived. How can you tell me anything? But listen, this isn't, isn't just for old uncles. Can you say amen in this place? The Spirit of God isn't just for old gray-haired men. Can you say amen in this place? We know that Paul said to Timothy, listen, don't let people despise your youth. Why did he say that? Because people will despise your youth. Can you say amen? 
Listen, this isn't just for people that have grey hair. No, this is for all. Listen, it says your old men, yes, will dream dreams, but your young men will also see visions. I love Proverbs 20 and 29. The Bible says the glory of the young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their grey hair. Listen, this is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 55. When the spirit gets to moving, that Holy Spirit can come and do things that you couldn't do on your own. It is the spirit that has the significance, not the age. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. And the last one, the last one he says, or last category is on class. Because in verse number 29, the Bible says, and also on my men servants and my maid servants. Now in those days, the maid servants or men servants referred to literally slaves. And they ended up they ended up that way either they were sold into slavery or they were born into slavery, uh, but they were slaves. They were literally the, the lowest folk in society, people who you know who lived in the in the rough areas, people who didn't really make that much out of their job, people who, who live in certain areas you can turn your nose up. You know, those type of people that well God said my spirit will be poured out on those type of people also. You see, my Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So it doesn't matter if you don't have a university degree. It doesn't matter if you wasn't able to finish school. It doesn't matter if you can't read or write to a great high degree. But listen, if the Spirit of God comes upon you, all that stuff is put aside and God can use you to turn this world upside down. Think about the men. Come on now. Amen. Think about the men Jesus Christ chose to turn this whole world upside down. He could have gone into the synagogues and spoke to the Pharisees, the learned men who'd been serving and reading the Torah from since the day they could read. No, he went out to the lakes and said to the fishermen, listen, you, I want you. He went to the tax collectors, people that people didn't like. I want you. He chose the debased things to say, this, these are the type of people I'm going to use to make my, my, my journey or my, my, uh, my mission come to fruition everyone is counted here there's no one that's out there what that says to me is that when this promise is fulfilled his Holy Spirit will be poured out on you 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 poured out on everybody who is willing to have their heart prepared to receive the Spirit of God everyone is counted no longer the spirit of fear but his spirit can you say amen No longer the spirit of lust, but his spirit. No longer the spirit of anger or envy or the spirit of the ruler of this world. God said he will pour out his spirit. And why is this so important? What's the big deal here? The end of our verses, the end of our scripture says, so that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, this is the job or the function of Christ's body. This is the purpose of the body of Christ on this earth, that people are added to his kingdom. And this can only happen when the Holy Spirit is involved. That's the job of the church. The job of the church is to reach people, to change people's lives. And hearts can only be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I can speak a wonderful, nice, elegant sermon. But if the Spirit of God is not within this, it will have no impact and no effect. I'll just be another motivational speaker. But when the Spirit of God comes upon and gets involved, lives change, drug addiction 
drug addicts say, listen, I'm not taking that more. Alcoholics say, listen, I'm putting that bottle down. Listen, murderers say, I'm going to put down the knife. I'm going to put down the gun. Because the Holy Spirit is interchanging people's lives. The reason we do this, the reason we want the Spirit is so that lives can be changed and transformed. It is the spirit that draws people. In John 6, 44, the Bible says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me uh, draws him. It is the spirit that draws people. We need the spirit to do the wonderful work. You know, there's a familiar song we sing, another song we sing, creating me a clean heart. You know, in Psalms 51, we get it from Psalms 51. This is David after, this is his repentance psalm after he uh, slept with Bathsheba and did all he did. The Bible says in 51, Psalms 51, verse 13, sorry, verse 10 to 13, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And hold me, uphold me by your generous spirit. And verse number 13, then I will teach transgressions. Sorry, teach uh, transgressors of your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. David asks not the spirit not to be taken away and then he will teach transgressors. Then sinners will be converted. You know, the theme that I'm thinking about for this year, for this church, is to contend for conversion. Contend for conversion. Now, God has done some absolutely fantastic things in 2022. We've seen people come. We've seen people come in this place. We've seen numbers. We've seen people say, this is my home. This is amazing. But this year, I want to contend for conversion. I want to see the spirit lay a hold of the heart of the men and men and women in this city. I want to see the Holy Spirit transform lives, transform families, and transform destinies. And where young people, old people are going a certain way. I want to see the Holy Spirit turn them around. And now they're mighty men and mighty women of God. I want to contend for conversion. That we see testimonies. By the end of 2023, going into 2024, we'll have them lined up on the stage. Testifying of what God has done in their life. That's what I want to contend for. And that can only happen when God pours out his spirit on us as all flesh. When we function, we work in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we don't quench him, we don't grieve him, but we work in unison with him. We make our lives available. Listen, I don't want this church in years to come to be dwindled and say, ah, that used to be a good church. That used to be a lively church. No, years to come, I want to see the fire of the Holy Spirit dwelling on everybody in this place. That we continue on from strength to strength and glory to glory. We continue on sending men and women out into the field, the harvest and lives are changed just as my life was changed. There's lives outside that need the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's what I want to contend for. Let's turn up the heat. When people are depressed talking about January and the year for me, let's turn up the heat and say we're going to go further for Jesus Christ. I want to see you replicate yourself this year. How 
How many young girls need to hear what God has done in your life? How many young boys need to see what God has done in your life? We need to replicate ourselves today. Listen, by the end of the year, I want to see you sitting next to somebody that wasn't here this morning. Can you say amen in this place? I want to see you testifying to say, God used me to touch this person. I'm going to see this place grow into a fire of revival. Can you say amen in this place? Who agrees with me in this place right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We want to contend for conversion. And that can only happen with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. The outpouring. Thank you, Jesus. It says, come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh all flesh there's no one left out there but the prerequisite to that is that we have repented and that we turn our hearts fully to God that's the prerequisite so if you're in this place as I look around If you're in this place and you haven't turned your heart to God, now is the time to do it. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. When you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Accept him. Allow him to come in and revolutionize your life. Make you a new creation. If you're here and you haven't turned your heart to Christ and you're still living in sin, you're you're doing things that are contrary to the law. Listen, you need to meet Jesus Christ and make him the Lord and personal saviour of your life because he died to pay for the the penalty of sin that's in your life. And it's only when you accept uh, what he has done, it's only when you accept the free gift of salvation that you can make heaven your home. So if you're in this place, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and saviour, but you want to. You want him to revolutionize your life. Um, raise your hand and I'll count it a privilege to pray with you right here, right now in this place. Amen. God bless you. I see that hand. If there's anyone else, you know, make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior for the first time. Amen. God bless you. Maybe you're in this place and you're, you're backslidden. Maybe at one point your heart did turn to him, but for some reason your heart has turned to something else. Maybe the things of the world, maybe distracted by the cares and riches of the world. The Bible says the deceitfulness of riches. Your heart has turned and been drawn away to something else. Listen, it's time for you to come back because the Bible says that, the, that, that God is committed to the backslider. Listen, if that's you, you want to come back home. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. Put that hand up as well. I'm speaking to you also. If you're in this place, unsaved or backslidden in this place, I want to see that hand. If I see that hand, amen, there's a hand there. God bless you. Amen. 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 So also, also to those that raise a hand, listen, what I want you to do is come. Come to the front. I want to pray with you. Come to the front. I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask a brother from the church. You can come with me, please. I can pray with our dear Russell. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Russell, man. God bless you. Toby's going to pray with you. Yeah? God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Speaking to Christians in this place. It's the promise of God that he is going to pour out his spirit 
Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Sons and daughters will prophesy. The Spirit of God will be upon men servants and maid servants. And it's the Spirit of God that makes all the difference. Filled with the Spirit, you can make all the difference in your workplace. You can make all the difference in your family. When you're filled with the Spirit, you can make all the difference in your social circle. When the Spirit of God is upon you, you can make all the difference wherever you go. It's the Spirit of God that makes the difference. But like I said, it is possible. It is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. It's possible to quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. By the things we're involved in, the, th- the attitudes we still hold on to, listen, the, 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 the perceptions we have, the entertainment, come on, the entertainment we, we entertain ourselves with, the things we put inside our system, by the things we watch, the things we listen to, it's possible to quench the fire of the Spirit, to grieve the Spirit. And now you're walking alone. Now you're walking in your own strength it's possible that the spirit can withdraw it's possible don't be arrogant to think that the spirit of God is going to stay with you regardless of what you do that's not true it's not biblical the Holy Spirit can and will withdraw we need to be careful this year we want to see a supernatural miraculous work of God in our lives in our families in this very congregation we want to see the power of God move like we've never seen it before so we need to contend for conversion and in order to contend for conversion we need the spirit of God in everything that we do so let's pray church we want to pray listen ask God to say God if there's anything in my life that is quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit I want you to help me to highlight it to me so I can purge it. I can put it away and then fill me with your spirit afresh. Fill me with your spirit afresh that you can be a powerful, mighty man of God, a powerful, mighty woman of God. Listen, the altars are open. Come, come find a place to pray. Listen, don't stay in your seat. Come find a place to pray. Ask God to help you. Ask Him to identify anything that could be grieving or quenching the spirit. Ask Him to fill you afresh ask him to give you a new lease or that God can use you God will use you God can minister in the power of his spirit that we can see things we've never seen before we can have things we've never had before we can have impact that we've never had before oh we thank you Lord Jesus we